We've been working our way through the small catechism this Lent, uh, looking at the Ten Commandments on Wednesdays, the sacraments, and now the Apostles' Creed on Sundays. Uh, We've been asking these past three weeks, uh, what is it that we believe? The Apostles' Creed has served as kind of our ringmaster, uh, pointing us to three different areas, three different persons of who God is, Father, Son, and today, Holy Spirit. We believe, you know, on on your cover, we have a kind of a a common picture of a way of understanding who God is. Uh, Three interlocking circles, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, and yet three persons, three different ways that God uh, works in our lives and in the world. We believe that God our Father creates and sustains us and the entire universe. We believe that God, that Jesus, God's only Son, is our Lord. He suffered and died to free us from the power of sin, death, and the devil. He descended, rose again, and ascended to be Lord over all, to get the word out about salvation and life in His name in God's kingdom, here and now and forever. So how does the word get out today? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, who is the Holy Spirit, and what does the Holy Spirit do? Quite simply, the Holy Spirit makes us holy. That's his job. It's just what his name implies. So, What does it mean to be holy? Well, it doesn't mean to be holier than thou, to, you know, kind of put on airs and think that you're better than everyone else. Instead, being holy means being made perfect in goodness and righteousness. Now, that's certainly not something that we can do on our own. As Christians who happen to be Lutheran, we confess that by God's grace, His the gift of his love that we cannot earn or buy, we have been saved through faith. It's always been that way. People have never been saved through their own efforts. Now, most of the world's religions try to get to God on their own terms by doing enough good things or achieving a higher knowledge or a sense of oneness with the universe. But it really doesn't work. We can't get to heaven or become like God by the things that we do. God has to come to us. In our reading from Genesis today, we heard about how God chose Abram, a guy who was worshiping other gods in the land of, uh, you know, that we now know as Iraq. And God made a covenant with him. He made promises to give him a land of his own, to give him many descendants, even though he had no kids and he and his wife were quite old. And he promised that he would make Abram and his family to be a blessing so that through them the whole world would be blessed. And Abram believed God's promise. He packed up his stuff and left took his whole family and everything with him. And his faith 
was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, Abram still messed up and made all sorts of poor choices along the way, but God never abandoned him. Abram was made right with God through faith, through trusting in God's promises. And so are you. But even faith is not your own. In Ephesians, Paul says, Faith is the gift of God so that no one may boast. You don't just wake up one morning, get out of bed, put your feet on the floor, and think to yourself, I'm going to turn my life over to God today. You know, I'm going to trust in Jesus for the first time. It doesn't just happen that way. It doesn't even happen because someone brings you along to worship or a Christian camp or a, a, a Christian concert. The only way that you come to living faith is when the Holy Spirit goes to work in your heart. When Luther talks about the Holy Spirit in his explanation to the Apostles' Creed, he begins on kind of a harsh note. He says, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. God comes to us, not the other way around. We would never come to God on our own. You know, maybe we baptize infants because they can't do anything for themselves. Baptism is where we publicly recognize that God chooses us. He makes us his children. He adopts us into his family. He pours out his Holy Spirit upon us, just as the Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism. Well, Luther goes on in his explanation and says, even though I can't come to Jesus on my own, the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it gets the word out to us. It speaks us. The Spirit speaks to us in our ears and helps God's word take root in our hearts. None of us would know anything about Jesus and what he did if the gospel was not proclaimed to us, if we weren't brought into a community where God's word was studied and spoken. Being holy is simply being brought to Jesus so that you may receive what he has given, his entire self. Through his suffering, death, and resurrection, Christ has won for us salvation and life. But it would all have been in vain if we'd never heard about it. So God sends the Holy Spirit to deliver the goods right into our lives. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, if I go away, the, Holy, the, the Father will send an advocate, someone who will speak to you and for you. And then in Luke and Acts, he, he said to his disciples, wait here in Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Fifty days after Jesus was raised, on the Jewish festival of Pentecost, which was a, a harvest festival, the disciples were all gathered together in one place. 
And as they were praying, suddenly there came this noise like the rushing of a mighty wind. And it filled the whole room where they were. And suddenly there were tongues of flame on each of their heads. But they weren't burned, just like Moses, just like the bush, the burning bush that Moses saw was not consumed. And suddenly they were filled with power. And they went out and they started telling everybody, because a huge crowd had gathered wondering what all this commotion was. And they started telling people about what God was doing through Jesus. And 3,000 people came to faith that day. It was the beginning of a new harvest. And that harvest continues today. Now, think about in your own life. Who has God used to bring you to Jesus? Who have been the people that have poured themselves into you? Who have spoken words of faith? Who have encouraged you in your faith walk? And then think about the next step. Who is God using you right now to bring to Jesus or encourage in their faith? Perhaps your children? Perhaps a grandchild? Perhaps someone that you know in the community at work? or at school. It's wonderful to see people taking seriously the promises that they make over their kids at baptism, bringing them to worship, to Sunday school, to faith stepping stones like Holy Communion classes, which will be starting in May. Whether it's reading Bible stories at home and praying together, learning the Lord's Prayer or the Apostles' Creed and the other parts of the small catechism by heart, it makes an enormous difference when you take time each day to build faith together. That gives kids a solid foundation, a deeper relationship with you and with Jesus. And I think we need to recognize that education is not just for kids. It's for adults, too. You never stop growing in your faith. If you're not already part of an adult class or a small group, I encourage you to find a way to get plugged into one. We need just as much, if not more, than our kids in Sunday school to be in God's Word and prayer each day so that we can set a good example. We need God's Spirit to move among us and transform us. Who have you invited to join you on the journey? Who will you invite to come to worship or an adult class or Sunday school or youth group with you? Martin Luther goes on in his explanation by saying, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel and enlightened me with his gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts for the benefit of others. There are all sorts of different gifts that the Spirit gives, but they are all for the sake of building up the body of Christ, for helping your neighbor to grow in faith. It can be as simple as tilling someone's garden, painting a room, making a meal for someone recovering from surgery, praying with someone, 
or bringing them to worship. Sometimes the Spirit works in unexpected, astonishing ways. Jesus said, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The word in Greek and in Hebrew for spirit is the same word as wind and breath. The Spirit is the breath of God filling our hearts and lungs with fire and power. Perhaps the Spirit is poking you to do something you've never, you'd never have expected to be called upon to do. And yet, when you step out in faith, you will find that you are given the strength and ability to do it. In one of my congregations in Michigan, uh, I met a, a stay-at-home mom uh, called, uh, named Michelle. And she always was very apologetic uh, about how she spent her day. She you know, would say, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. But God's Spirit went to work on her when she started coming, when her family started coming to our our church. She started reading the Bible with her family, and God gave her ability and opportunity to go on to lead several of our adult classes. She and her family started growing deeper and deeper in their faith, and they found that it's a lifelong process that you never stop learning and growing. They carried that faith with them to a new community where God called them. Where is God calling you? It might be right next door or across the world. Martin Luther concludes his talk about the Holy Spirit by saying, the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified or made me holy and preserved me in the one true faith. Well, how does the Holy Spirit give us faith? How does He make us holy? Through ordinary people, like the ones sitting next to you. Through the church, through the communion of saints, the people who encourage you and walk with you through the good times and through the bad. They're the ones that the Holy Spirit uses to sing the gospel home into our hearts. Luther says, In the same way, the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and preserves it in unity with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily forgives abundantly all my sins and the sins of all believers. And at the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and will grant everlasting life to me and to all who believe in Christ. This is most certainly true. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for revealing your Son to us through the work of your Holy Spirit. You give us even the astonishing gift of faith in you. Turn us away from relying on our own understanding and strength. Continue to call and gather your church. Enlighten us with your gifts. Make us holy and keep us in the true faith. 
Blow the Holy Spirit through our lives. Rekindle our faith and use the gifts that you have placed in us to be a blessing to the world. For you reign over all creation with your Son, our Lord Jesus, through the power of your Spirit who makes us holy. Amen.